Rolling Bones Outdoors presents Hunt the World. Ever thought about going on that hunting adventure of a lifetime? Do you want to take your hunting skills to the next level, but didn't know where to start? This podcast will be for you. Our team at Rolling Bones Outdoors is here to help you create memories that will last a lifetime. Are you ready? Let's hunt the world. Thank you for joining us today for this episode of Hunt the World with Rolling Bones Outdoors. Hey, you know what? I was listening to this thing the other day. I said that, and while I was uh, saying that, it made me think of your, um, uh, your I don't know, the prelude, the lead-in, the all the <laughs> the open the open that that uh, um i listened to it and i'm like dude that that that, that makes me want to go hunting so anyway it's pretty yeah. cool yeah we changed it a little bit D- do we change it yeah, a little we, bit we changed it a little bit okay uh it just it was it was uh yeah. um it's not that i wake up on thursdays and go oh i gotta listen to our own podcast because well, well, i hear Brett, myself brad didn't quite want the cougar he didn't like the cougar as much as as you did so we would a little less cougar still have the the coyote. Oh really? So I have oh, not yeah. heard the new one. I'm just <laughs> I'm I'm talking about the old one, and I've had other people say it's kind of cool. Uh, Brian Wolf and me, we like it. So the hell with Brad Dana. He 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 turns his mic up into his nose so we can hear him breathing anyway. Well, so. is it, am I am, uh, I, down. am I having no, mic problems? No, no no no. You're fine. Yeah, there you go, right there. That was no, a hot no, mess no, move it this way. No, no, anyway. Oh, All right. Well, That's listen. Good. Welcome to the Bone Cave. We are uh, um we're back at it. Uh, we took a week off. Not that you guys know that because you don't. But it's just been crazy with show season, everything going on. And, man, I'm telling you, uh, we just needed to take a knee and uh, um, uh, take a big deep breath uh, and go, wow. But we've been blessed, man. Uh, We appreciate you listening. We appreciate all the business. We appreciate you calling us and trusting us and have confidence in what we're doing. Can't tell you thanks enough. And uh, we're excited to be here to serve for you every day. But uh, anyway, welcome to the Bone Cave. Uh, I'm Brian Maiman. I'm here with uh, Brad Dana and Bleep. It's the three of us today. So um, it'll be, I think this will be a good podcast. Today we're going to talk about, actually, I shouldn't say I think it's going to be a good podcast. It's going to be, I believe it's going to be a great podcast. It's called called Building the Perfect Rifle. The, The perfect build, the perfect hunting rifle. What is that? Is that attainable at all? Is, is there, because I'm, I'm from the school. So Brad and I met, I have to tell you this, um, uh, Brad and I met, um, and at a kid's, uh, I, I think we probably told you this. We met at a kid's uh, uh, game, uh, baseball event, game, sport thing. Yeah, we were uh, both uh, sucked into coaching, which what that really means is uh, there's a tremendous amount of dads that want to bitch about uh, what's not done right on the field. Um, and uh, and then there's a couple that are willing to volunteer to get bitched at. So anyway. <laughs> and I remember you getting so. bitched at <laughs> because you ha- let, let the kid have a glove, remember? Remember that one? Oh, my God. You did, you did like, get in trouble I'm one like, day there. Give, give that kid a glove that's not as big as his whole chest cavity and see if he can operate that, it. That kid was a teeny tiny one, oh too. Oh, boy. And then the mom <laughs> came in and lit me up for not having to have the wrong, you know, <laughs> he needs a bigger glove. So, anyway, whatever. We've digressed already. So, anyway, uh, we met that way, but uh, we both had a love for hunting in the outdoors. And the funny thing was 
is that uh, Brad um, was already on a long-range shooting trajectory. I was on a long-range shooting trajectory way before it was cool, way before it was everybody had a turret that dialed and everybody, even before the BDC turret by – or not turret, uh, the reticle. BDC reticle, yeah. Yeah, by Nikon. Yeah. The Nikon. That they no don't long, even make scopes anymore. No, they're out of that business. But anyway, um, it was uh, interesting because th- that was that was years ago. You know, I, I look at Noah now, and that must have been 15 years ago, 16 years ago. Yeah. So – Anyway, um, long time. We've been buddies a long time, been chasing these uh, elusive critters around the world and and chasing elusive cartridges all over, too, trying to figure out the perfect one. And so when I met you, 300 rum. I was dyed in the wool. 300 rum, no break. No break. And I'm like, I was 100. I was like, break everything. I would have rather shot my 22-250. But I had a seven mag to go to long range shooting schools because uh, a couple of guys I mentored under, as you would say, yeah. um, would be, be they would be like Brian. We're not shooting that um, ballistically challenged twenty two two fifty at seven hundred yards today. Get a caliber that uh, um, can do this. So I went and 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 I'd had a seven, but then I went and I bought a sister seven to my twenty two two fifty, and I built it exactly the same. You know what right. I'm saying? So I had you, the NSX had Twinkies. Yeah, and I had I had you, uh, you had the five by twenty. Uh, five by twenty twos, I think they were yeah. Night Force NSXs. Night Force NSXs. That's exactly yeah. right. And I, I did. I had twin guns, a twenty two two fifty and a seven millimeter, and uh, and that's what I ran. And I knew were those five by twenty twos or five by twenty? No, I have one too. I, I haven't used them for so long. My, my the one on the seven was a three and a half by fi- a three to fifteen. I think yeah, um, yeah, the three to fifteen. They had a three to fifteen. Three to fifteen with the NSX and the the coyote gun was a twenty two, and yeah. So anyway, that was it. Um, Yes. So Um, I looked through those glass many a days with those giant heavy boat anchors early on. But anyway, and so you were a dyed and wool three hundred rum guy. Yep. Sixteen years ago. Yep. And I was a seven mag guy. Yep. And um and we started shooting together, killing crap a long ways away, and uh, it was fun and it was great but the industry's changed and we build a lot of rifles and and i want to preface this before we get started if you if you're listening to this today and you go oh man they're trying to sell me a rifle that that's uh, then we missed we we will have missed the mark today okay we're not trying to sell you a rifle do we sell rifles yes do we try to uh span the gammon from cost wise did i say that right span yeah. the gamut G- cost gamut. wise yeah cost wise yeah, yeah we we do try to span it you know we we have an ultra high end we believe there's probably not a better rifle that you could build there's uh, our favorite action and you know and we I'm, have all the way down to uh Something that's affordable to get into that'd be hard to build something different yourself. Cheaper. Cheaper with components that work. Right. And and it does its job. Is Perfect. That, is that fair to say? That's fair. And, and then and then and then there's a middle. And and then there's the middle. Yep. And and then we just built two of the middle to go to Russia, Tajikistan. So let's uh, tell all let's over. tell them about what, what Hold our on. thought was. <laughs> Before okay. yeah, I want to <laughs> tell I them sidetracked. No, no, you're not getting sidetracked at all. It's really good. But what I wanted to say was I want I want everybody to understand today because um when I was thinking of this two days ago and we started talking about having this and I cl- clicked you uh, you guys a uh, uh, text message and bleep and you get we were all going yeah. back and forth. Yep. Um, when Brad and I met, I think one of the coolest things is Brad was building high-end rifles. He had a resource to build super high-end rifles and he had um, fallen into that groove, if you will. Yep. That circle of... of, of, of I, I uh, had an appreciation for 
excellence. Yes. And you, and you didn't. You, and you, you give, well, I, you I give don't, two tiddlywinks at that time. I, I didn't, <laughs> and here's why. Because my sphere mm-hmm. was different. Does that make sense? So I had nobody to mentor me in the high-end game. I went to uh, a shooting school by, by, on, my, on my own, just showed right. up. And I didn't understand, because I grew up in Iowa, I didn't understand all the gunsmithing and all that stuff, right? And so what I did was I went and bought Browning A-Bolt medallions because I read a good article on how they were good. Right. And I went and spent 1000 bucks to have them accurized. Right. Trigger, floated, yep. you know, barrel, da-da-da-da-da. Yep. Bedded them, bedded free-floated them, yep, did free- a new trigger, trigger the, job, whatever. Had the guy here in town do it. Yep. Right. And so then I put, then I went and put my own scopes, my own rings, yep. you know, got it all set up the way I needed to and, and built that myself. So I would say, even though you're more the DIY guy, I was a DIY guy because I didn't know that circle. And, and then I didn't want to let go of that because that was what worked for me and I was married to. Right. So when Brad and I started talking about building rifles for the consumer and the platform, Brad had the, uh, was from the scope that. The, the, the more money, the better, the bigger, the better, the, the kick-asser, right? And I was from the, the school that, hey, we don't need to do that. Um, buy term invest the difference. Let's uh, let, let's get a let's get a less expensive rifle. Let's let's do this with it and make it work. What's funny now is that um, we both we both live in each other's space, don't we? Well, you've uh, pre- you've kind of developed a finer taste. Uh, for a finer restaurant, so to speak, in the rifle world. <laughs> no different than you. When we first started traveling, I'm like, Brad, we're not eating there. We're eating here. You've yeah. developed a fine. I have. I've, I've gotten you, a little you, spoiled palate. You, you've built a palate that's spoiled when we travel from a food perspective. You would be a financial services snob, travel-esque type person, right? Yep. I've became that when it comes to guns. And right. I didn't have that palate built, I would say. Now, I do, okay, but yet I still appreciate where right. I came from. And now you have no problem jumping over where I came from. No no problem at all. No problem at all. I'll play that. Well, it's funny because this uh, range dial and dump system, like if people have their own gun, they can send it in to us. And we'll put our scope on it and grab the dope and, and just get it set up, right? Some of these, you know what's funny? What what are we getting in? We get 300s. Yeah. We get unbreak seven mags. And I'm like, holy, God, I don't want to shoot this. Who's going to shoot these? I don't want to shoot them anymore. We get two seven. Thank you, Bleep. I pulled the mic away from my mouth to take a drink of coffee. 270 short two, two, mags. Two 300, 300 wins super popular. And I'm like, who is going to, why? What what are you using this for? We're not shooting elephants, right? Right. But so what this tells me and what we are seeing it, from a trend from the consumer is right. we are seeing that they're not aware right. of the modern day cartridges and what the impact on caliber choice you know what i'm saying yep. what, what what the impact that creates on a caliber choice and what th- there's a whole new there's a whole new world right of rifles out there so you you're you wanted to constrain this to what was the perfect rifle can you only have one perfect no rifle? i, I okay. don't well I, that's going to be the concluded conclusion that there is not one perfect rifle but right. i do believe that you can cover 95 percent of your hunting with two yeah 
Yeah. So it's interesting because what, what let's, let's because I'm a minimalist. I don't like are. to have 500 guns, even though I do now. Um, but I, I, you know, I'm a minimalist. I like to find out what works and use it. Yeah. Take care of my tool. Give me a tool. I want to work with that tool. Well, it's funny because if you look at me, how much of the stuff that when you met me 18 years ago, do I? You haven't seen. When was the last time you saw my 300 uh, Ultra Mag out? No, never. When was the last time you saw? my uh, 338 edge out i don't even I, I think i still own it i don't know where it's at but it's got to be somewhere tucked around <laughs> one of my gun safes right right i mean i just i mean none of that stuff comes out anymore um and as i evolved from the 300 rum because i really enjoyed it and it's a it's a killing beast but it comes at a price i moved to the seven mags and i and and it's hard not to love a seven mag of some flavor yep you know i have I think I have probably three seven short mags, super nice caliber, a couple seven mags, right? Uh, 280 Ackley. But uh, I remember probably 10, 12 years ago, one day, because a lot of times we'll take a bunch of guns out and just work through them and shooting the sevens. And I grabbed my 6'5", 284 and shot it. And at that time, everything was still unbraked. I was in an unbraked world. Uh, because I didn't like the noise of the brake. I remember how much less recoil I got with the 6.5284. Shooting the 140. In essence, doing everything that the 7 mags almost will do everything that 7 mag would do, right? Right. With a lot less recoil. And I remember that was the first day that I was like ever, bing, the light came on. I was like, that was much more pleasant to shoot. You know, because I, I, just, I just would sit down and muscle up. But in 2022, it's interesting because for most people, I would think most people think a 243 or a 6 Creedmoor, I would say we could use those interchangeably. Same gun, same bullet, right? Yeah, and that, that's the thing. That's the kid's gun, though, or a girl's gun. It was before, the, the, right. the 243. But I read an article one time that more moose have died to a 243, more big game have been killed by a 243 than any other um, right. caliber. Well, the fact of the matter is the 243 is a 6 millimeter. Right. Yep. 243 suits a 6 millimeter bullet. 6 Creedmoor is basically a 243. Yep. You know, I mean, it's just... A, it's just a different delivery. And the of six the same all bullet. mountain is a souped up to a uh, six creed. The more. six all mountain is or a, a six, souped up two forty three. Yep, a souped up. It's a two forty three actually improved. It's hard not to like that though, isn't it? <laughs> it's pretty sexy. <laughs> so, so I'm I'm a fly on the wall here, okay? Yeah. All right. As a guy that that grew up in Iowa since I was a kid. Okay. Atta boy. Now in Iowa, you you can't. You go hunt with a rifle unless That's it's right. a twenty two and you're hunting squirrels or yep. rabbits or something no, no, like no, that, no, right? No, 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 just wait. I, here's one so, thing I can't figure out. Now so, you can shoot coyotes in the dark with a thermal <laughs> with a rifle, but you can't do it. Well, I haven't got rifle. to that. Yeah, <laughs> but, but I mean, basically, right? You've right. got a twelve gauge shotgun. You're shooting yep. uh, deer with a slug. Twenty you're gauge slugs. Yeah, that's exactly right. And you're yep. shooting pheasant. Archery whatever it is. shotgun state. I am like looking at heading out to. I want to do my first elk, or I want to get you know, a mule deer, I want to head out west, okay? Yep. So help me build that rifle. Well, first of all, you live out west, so and you work with us, so this right. shouldn't be a big problem. No, I'm just, just kind of like putting myself in the place right. of a potential no. so, person so that's Dennis listening today. Peoria, so, yeah, 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 so yeah. old thinking was this. Old thinking was this. I needed to get a thirty caliber rifle that shot super flat. So what happened was they would came out, I remember about 
20 years ago, 18 years ago, these 300-win short mags were, were, were yep. really hot. Everybody wanted one, okay? 300-win short mag, that was the answer. It was, uh, uh, you know, a Magnum short-action rifle that you could shoot, and it, it was fairly flat, and it was a, it was an easy gun to handle, allegedly, right? That's what they said. Well, the reality is, is that's what you did. You went and built that. Now, you and some guys went and deviated and did a seven millimeter, right? They did a seven mag, but it, it was either a thirty caliber or a seven mag. I would say encompassed eighty percent of it. Today, what we're saying is, if you're coming out here, okay, and you're going to hunt below elk, mule deer, antelope, scratch the thirty caliber, scratch the seven millimeter. You yeah. might not even need a 6.5 Creedmoor or so a 6.5. lighter caliber, more precision cartridge. Lighter caliber, better BC, um, and, uh, and terminal velocity um, continues to about the same. And so you could get what you used to do. Uh, I mean, a 6 millimeter can do a lot of damage. It's six millimeter is a heck of a heck of a heck of a rough. And yeah, you know and why you guys you, have talked about that. And you know too. why I like it so much is because yeah. it, the the shootability, even for big guys, it's so much easier. You know now now that we've been playing with this twenty two Creedmoor, mm-hmm. it shoot it it kicks. It, there's no re, well you know no recoils an exaggeration, but it's so comfortable to shoot. And I think I think people are going to start shooting so much better. Yeah. With your twenty-two Creedmoor, hundred percent, even a six millimeter, yeah. though. or the six millimeter. There's such a jump in recoil from the sixes to the six fives. Sure, and if you dial back to episode eighty-six, you guys talked a lot about discovering the twenty-two Creedmoor. Yes, yes, and and boy, did we discover it, and we uh, yeah. used the hell out of it this year. Absolutely, and absolutely tipped but I, I would stuff have, over. I would have no. No qualms about shooting an elk with a twenty-two. <laughs> I, just, I, I I know you know this, but but like a couple of weeks ago, I was out calling, and Russell was just scratching his head at me because I'm like to poof to poof that twenty-two Creedmoor just absolutely puts the hammer. Yep. And by the way, if you hit bone, it is not fur friendly. No. But but anyway, um, here's the thing: the six millimeter. I, w- I want to ask your opinion. You put 108 grain in that six yep. millimeter, and you bring it inside of 500 yards. What wouldn't you shoot with that thing? Inside of 500 yards, you're constraining me to five. I, I just the 500 I, I, yards. Most guys, most guys come out here. They're not going to shoot past that, Brad. Right. So, and, and nor would I suggest them to. You wait. We run shooting schools all summer long, brother. Yep. No, I know. I, okay. I, I was just saying. Okay. You personally, you're personally you, limiting. You're me from Rural Route okay. Three, Waverly, Iowa, uh, um, Fredericksburg, Iowa. You know, you grew up where we grew up. If you put 108 grain, or I'm shooting. A, I've shot a couple thousand of the 110s. But let's if just you go put Hornady. Those, okay, you put that right behind an elk's shoulder, a big bull elk, done. It's over. It's over. Now, I wouldn't have shot my giant elk in the front shoulder facing me, quartering to me. I would have picked a sh- better shot, but I had gobbles. I, have, I had gobs of time that I could have picked a different. But that was a 447-yard shot, and I would have shot that with a 6-millimeter, no problem. It, it, all day long, never even flinched. And I wouldn't we, have and, even thought and, about and it. And it wouldn't have went 30, 40 yards and tipped nope. over. And that's that's what we – that's what I really – when so when you're talking about building your perfect rifle, okay, I don't think you have to spend $10,000 and, and, and have it have some fancy G on it. You know what I'm saying? Right. I don't think, you know, you have to spend – I think – 
that if you look at some of our entry-level packages at 3000 or let's say you're that guy that wants to go buy a rifle, you want to do this yourself, you want to go back to some of our past podcasts, you want to go on the blogs, you want to figure this thing out. Well, listen, I, I'm imploring you, I'm imploring you to think about not going to a heavy caliber. My perfect rifle is probably, I was just thinking about this the other day. Because a year ago it was your six Creedmoor, your six it, all mountain. It, I would say it still is. Is it? Okay. 100%. I, Here, I, I was wondering because the 22 Creedmoor no, line of. No, no. I have the luxury of shooting a 22 Creedmoor because we bought it to experiment with. Does yep. that make sense? And I really like it. 17-inch barrel, 5-inch uh, can on it. Yep. Or whatever the size of can I have on it. And it, it, it is just an absolute coyote killing machine, and I love it. Mm-hmm. But you know what? If I pick that thing up, it's actually sitting right next to um, it's sitting right next to my six Creedmoor. Right. And you can't. I mean, the, the rifles look like you, you don't know other right. than the caliber. Right. right. But I was sitting there thinking if I had to pick one rifle up to go kill a mule deer with today, one rifle to go pick, kill an elk today, I wouldn't take the twenty two Creedmoor. Right. I'm talking about one rifle. I'm not in the business. I'm just going to come hunting. I'm going to answer a bleep's question here. I'm gonna, I want one rifle that has shootability that I can afford to shoot back home. I can get two, 3,000 rounds through it. I can take it to the range in Coralville, Iowa. I can, I can go to Burlington, Illinois to the range and shoot it, and then yet right. I can throw it in the truck and come out here, kill an antelope, a deer, and an elk with it. Right. What would that be? For me, it would be a six Creedmoor, a six All Mountain. Hard to beat that. I mean, that, that deer that I shot this year or last fall, it was a long ways away, and it didn't stand it, a chance. It it, it 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 fell like a deck of cards. Yep. And and it was. And I'll tell everybody how long. It's six hundred eighty yards. It's seven hundred. That's seven football fields away. Yep. Seven football fields away, and um and it fell like a deck of cards. Yeah, it didn't. I mean, it didn't. And it was a six Creedmoor. Six Creedmoor. With a hundred, mm. that one hundred eight, hundred eight, yep, hundred eight grain bolt. That's what I'm saying. So so for me, the perfect building, the perfect rifle. I think you need three things. I think you need a caliber that's shootable. Yep. Okay. Shootability. Is that what you call it? Shootability. Shootability. I think you need a caliber that um, has uh, ammunition that's fairly readily available in this environment. Yep. Is not uber expensive. Correct. And doesn't wear out the barrel. Well, then you're talking a six Creedmoor or especially a six five Creedmoor then, huh? But right. So if you go a six Creedmoor, okay, and I want to shoot coyotes, all the way up to elk with it, six five is a little big for coyotes, mm-hmm. and uh, and I want to be able to follow my shot inside of two hundred yards. Well, then you know what? The six Creedmoor rings all my bells. My perfect hunting rifle, North America, would be a six Creed. I I would go. I, you know what? I'd go buy a Tika if I if I was budget friendly. I'd go buy a Tika, and I know we're going to be building them on a Tika, but I would go buy a Tika. I would uh, get my cheek weld right. I would uh, um, I would get a Leupold from Rolling Bones, um, <laughs> or I'd buy a Tika. I'd send it out to us, and I right. would have us do the range dial and dump system, get all the data, and I'd buy it in a six creed more. And I'd go, or 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 you know what I would do if I could afford a little bit more, I'd buy the six creed more in the Christensen um, MRP that we have that we build for them. NPR NPR, is that right? Yep. And um, that's what I would do. So, Brian, I'm going to rewind the tape about one minute. And you said three things. Right? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. And I'm taking notes here, right? Yep. So I've no, got caliber. I, I, I do that often. Okay. I, you got caliber, ammunition. Ammunition. Okay. Shootability. Shoot, okay. okay. Is, that, is number one. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's then, part the, of the caliber. Ammunition. Yep. Okay. And then I would say terminal velocity. 
Okay, that was the one I missed. Third. Yep. No, I didn't say it. So yeah, that, that's what I would say. And Brad's big on the terminal velocity. I mean, he, you know, he's Dr. Ballistic, so he's always running this stuff out. And, uh, you know, we'll be driving somewhere, and he'll be like, hey, pull this up. Okay, I'm driving, you know, which is very seldom. So usually I'm driving because otherwise yeah. we don't get there very fast. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, side note there. So, um, so yeah, because velocity, I I'm somewhat indifferent to velocity. Right. I'm – uh, and I'm I'm somewhat I don't I'm not as big of a believer in this uh, energy you know you need fifteen hundred pounds eighteen hundred pounds no but if you're going to shoot a long range rifle yeah. the six five six hundred yards you're still with a six creed more oh, you're yeah. still it's it's got zip oh my gosh yeah a lot of well zip. that deer you dropped that you were just talking about I mean that thing was that was a big old buck that was crazy mm-hmm. I mean you mentioned the exit wound or the exit side of that thing just. <laughs> It, it it literally just tipped the damn thing over, and that's the other thing is people don't realize that a six a six creed or that one oh eight will exit an animal at five six hundred yards. Well, what I liked for that, okay, six creed more, because um, I've been doing a lot with the six fives in the last couple of years. And why don't you tell them all why we're doing that in here in a second after you talk about six creed? Well, because we yes. we're building the perfect international rifle so, right now exactly. is what we think. So. But what I really, really liked about that, um, so that deer, you said it was 680, 680, something like that, right? And I squeezed the trigger. Yeah, like 688, 689. It was literally under 10 yards from 700 and yards. I rem- Actually, I told you, just dial it for 700 and kill it. And I remember as I squeezed the trigger, I saw the bullet hit. I flicked, I flicked the bolt up and back, and I left it open. Before Brian said, because you can wall, you can yeah. watch your own shot, and I'm usually the guy that stays behind the gun. Well, this deer was done. It was, oh, it was over. nowhere. Yep. So I jumped right up, and uh, because it was, it was we had been on that deer chasing. You know, we we'd been playing cat and mouse with that buck, and he almost got by. That's yeah. the advantage of that six Creedmoor. Even the six fives. All of the six fives are just a teeny bit harder to stay. I mean, that gun is so easy to stay on the gun and follow your shot and be ready for a follow-up shot and cycle the action and yada, yada, yada. Um, even kids can follow their shot with that gun. Wow. With the six Creed more. Yeah. The six all mountains, just a teeny bit zippier. It's got a little more recoil and muzzle jump. You need to, you need to be able to, to saddle up to it. Yep, it's to, a to, little to bit more of an advanced, oh, not advanced, but it. it, uh, it yeah, I would. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, um, it 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 is a little. It's just right. It's past that threshold of being easy to handle. Yeah. where it needs to be managed. Yep. And the gun doesn't manage itself. You got to manage the gun. But where a six Creedmoor for most part manages itself. Yep. And, but then your six All Mountain really turns into a, a legitimate thousand yard no problem gun. Yeah. Knock you on your butt. Sit down. Yep. And actually, we have one right here right now that just came in today that needs to be dropped back into a stock. So after this uh, um, podcast, we'll be uh, um, fondling it. So anyway. But <laughs> yeah. So here's here was our dilemma for all of those people who don't know. Brian and I were going to Russia. Um, we have a Russian quest. My assumption is is that uh, we're not going to be welcomed with open arms in Russia. But Brian was like, I'm bringing my six all-mountain. Yeah, you're you gonna- bringing weapons. so Yeah. Right? So Brian's like, I'm bringing my six all-mountain. What are you going to bring? And I said, I'll probably bring my 6.5 Sherman or my 6. I'll probably bring my 6.5. Because we were hunting. Uh, we were hunting sheep. And uh, 
I was like, you're going to bring that. And I said, you know what, Brian, you know what we're going to do is we're going to build two matching 6.5 PRCs because we can't bring suppressors. And Suppressors I'd are a hiccup. And I would built two of them here on a titanium action, yep. and every time I had, you've sold them. Yeah. You, you actually sold about. the last one on yourself. You sold your own gun out from underneath <laughs> you. No, so, Noel Erickson did. But anyway. It, <laughs> well, just don't blame me because I, I stayed out of that. Anyway. You're talking about suppressors. You can't take those to so, Russia. Yes, you can't have essentially a, all just of to our be clear. stuff. Yep, all of our stuff here. We, we it, once you start running suppressed, it's hard not to hunt suppressed. Oh. Hunting is so much more enjoyable suppressed. Um, ear pro, you know, you you don't have to mess with ear 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 protection. Yep. You're you know you're able to uh, manage the recoil. Uh, it's all it's just it's just more better, right? It's like uh, it's like Rob O'Neill when he was telling everybody in this speech the difference between C4 and C6 because they blew the door up getting into Bin Laden's compound. He said, he said they use C6. He said, you know what it, you know what C6 is? It's just C4, but two times more better. <laughs> <laughs> more better, more better. But suppressor better, life better. with a suppressor is great, right? So we can't Canada. You can't bring your suppressors in. So we decided right. to build an yep. international yep. rifle, and it's six five PRC yep. was what we decided yep. because it had the zip. Um, and if we both had the same right. caliber, if one's bag got lost, the other one would have bullets. And there, so, there was a lot of yep. intangibles about having the same system so that would work for us. We were building them exactly the same. We were each going to bring 60 rounds of ammo. We figured we'd travel with 60 rounds of ammo apiece, always, everywhere. And that way, if something happened, the other guy could take his 60, 60 rounds, divvy it up. Each of us had 30, which is plenty. Seamless. Yeah, yep, exactly. it'd be seamless. So that was our strategy. So we started building these, and then we were going to just run breaks. We were going to run a four-port break. So, and we, we built a 22-inch Carbon fiber barrels is what we were. Oh. So because we've been we've been using 20 inches, mm-hmm. but we're running a can on it. Oh. So we split the difference and we ran these with 22. We built these as 22. We ran a two and a half inch muzzle brake. Life is good. So that was our strategy. We put a carbon fiber stock on them. Uh, running uh, our plan is to run uh, the three to 18 VX sixes, and that'd be just our international gun. Um, we've done seven mags. Seven mags a great thing because it's a little easier to get ammo. But we've, we've, we always had those built on 24 or 26-inch barrels, and you run a 2, 3-inch, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. So, so we tapered this back and ran the 6.5 PRCs. Interestingly enough, though, these barrels are a little different. Uh, the second barrel is a little tighter. Um, so... I think we're going to be able to run the same ammunition, but that was our all-over-the-world gun, 6.5 PRCs. Yeah, so even for us, we didn't go with a 30 caliber. Yep. You see what I'm saying, Ryan? Yep. So you're coming out here, just to go back to your question for a second, yep. we didn't— Much lighter. Yeah, we, much lighter. And here we got a 22 braked 6.5 PRC. People would have laughed at you before, you sissy girl. Yeah. You know, um, and, and now here's what we are basically, because to us, that's a 7 mag light. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? It's a seven mag Same light. Power, well, yeah. and it's funny yeah. because I Easier worked up, I worked about five or six different loads up with it in the last three four days, and uh, it shoots the it shoots the one fifty sixes in a hole, a single 
teeny oblong hole. It's not perfect. But the 125s, it shoots pretty good. The 125s, it shoots well. The 143s, it shoots well. I think the the 125s. The 140 burgers, it shoots well. I mean, it shoots everything. The 125s create a little bit less recoil, too. That's the advantage of the 125. Where was your sweet spot? Uh, The 156s probably are just, I mean, it's just, uh, no. Now, here's the other thing. I ran all the dope on those because I was trying to figure out what what ammunition and dope by the way means data obtained on a previous engagement previous yep. engagement yeah so so i ran all the dope on all of these <laughs> not, not, I, not I learned that from editing the shooting school books and not, <laughs> i mean i've always heard the term i just didn't know what it stood for it wasn't what you thought it was in 1983 and <laughs> not Iowa. really no <laughs> so it's funny because the 156 burger in that has a bc if i recall of 0.347 somewhere in there our 125s have a BC of 0.302. So I kind of crunched the numbers and I ran them out to a thousand yards. And the 125s were two, they were less than a quarter of a minute of wind behind the 156, but they were well ahead of the 156 in uh, up and down, which as we always say, it's just a number, right? Right, but, but in margin of error, when you get a when you get a, you right. misread by 30, 40 yards, right? That then then velocity, right? Then it, velocity's your friend. It's your friend. You it, miss, it, it matters. You, so, so it shoots flatter. So it shoots flatter. flatter. Yes. Yeah. And now I ran them out to a mile. Wow. Um, and elevation, I mean, literally, it's insignificant difference. And the 125s, I think, were hitting terminal velocity at a mile, um, somewhere in a mile. The <laughs> 156 crazy? was, I didn't, it, 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 it was, never, it, it, it never didn't. Did. It, right, it has enough kinetic energy, yeah. that, you know. But interesting that probably the advantage, now my opinion, because I, I told Brian, I said, man, it shoots, a, they shoot the 156s unbelievably well. But for the ease of shooting off shooting sticks or recoil, the 125s, there's an advantage to that because it, you increase your shootability again. And I'm becoming such a, a, a recoil-sensitive guy. And so I always you, have been. I'm, yeah. I'm For a big guy, I've always you, been recoil. Do you just think it's more practical? I mean, everyday practical? Well, it's just – so when we shoot off of awkward positions, like when I shot my sheep this year, I was shooting off a cliff, mm-hmm. off my backpack. Right. Um, I was in an awkward position. Um, when you shoot off shooting sticks, uh, downhill, uphill, you know, we were shooting. The less recoil, yep. the easier to manage yep. and, and the easier for you to reacquire target. Yep. Follow um, the bullet. I mean, you just see the, the shot. Just the whole sequence exactly. from A yep. to Z gets improved when you don't have that giant muzzle break. Yep. And we've shot a lot. We've shot a lot of stuff with the 125s and it just flat kills stuff. I've shot more animals probably in the last five years with the 108s than any other caliber I've ever shot. You know, I, you know that's hard to say when I've killed, well, you know, hundreds of yeah, coyotes with a no, 22 here's, 250. Here's but, why, yeah. Brian. <laughs> Your gun, even my six, not my six, your gun got handed out a lot. Oh. Kids, this person, that person. Here, just, here, take just this, shoot this. It. Okay, yeah. this has a can. Everybody wants to shoot the can. Yada, yada, yada. Here, take this. It's killed so many animals yeah. for not only you, but for so many so other just, people. Just everybody. We just Here, let's use yep. my rifle. It's just, easier. We yep. know that thing's 600 yards away. Okay, no yep. problem. Let's that, that deer, because I, I just swapped stocks, and you go, that deer's 600 yards away. Are you going to shoot it? You haven't shot it since you swapped stocks out. Here, 
just yeah, take my just rifle. take my rifle. Boom, you shot it and it died. Exactly. Yeah. So it and and it that hundred and eight grain bullet. You can't ask for much more. Uh, so so I would say so 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 let me kind of circle around, circle yep. the wagons, yep. if you will. My personal would be a six millimeter. Um, I would I would do um, I would do the Creed more, but because I have a, a all mountain, I would take the all mountain just because of the zip to it, mm -hmm. and, and it's it's an it's an ass kicker. I mean, it, it's a hammer, it's an absolute hammer. But I have no reservations with the six Creed more six five PRC. Um, we've built them, sold them, built them, sold them, built them, sold them. We finally have one. Um, it's going to be our international gun because I, we we're going light per caliber. So just so everybody knows, because because I would shoot a moose with a six five PRC in. And, and I wouldn't tell Jeff probably, hey, Jeff, you know, right. um, I would just go, hey, I'm coming up to go moose hunting. What, what caliber you got? The one that's going to kill the moose. Let's go. It, it's, um, a three, it's a 300-something mag. Yeah, exactly. And you're planning a shot, what, 300, 800 yards? Yeah, I would, not, I would not. You I know, mean, you're usually I, not, not shooting moose. You're shooting, not shooting moose at 800, 800 yards yeah. usually. No. I'd shoot a moose at, you know, yeah, three to 400 yards is, is what the sweet spot. 400. But you know what the real sweet spot for me is? 85 yards when they're not looking and nobody knows you're there. <laughs> and and and. And you can pick the hair behind his shoulder. <laughs> moose, exactly. moose aren't terribly, terribly hard to kill, actually. Yeah, I've 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 heard that somewhere. So, <laughs> and then, uh, but is so so here it would be mine. I would if I had to have two calibers. This I'll probably get hate mail on this, or somebody will say that's so BS, and it'll come from an outfitter. I would do a six millimeter mm -hmm. for North America minus Alaska. Yep, and. I would do a seven mag for my for for my big gun. I I know, and I'd I'd shoot a bigger bullet in it, but I'd shoot a seven mag, and I wouldn't go bigger than a seven mag. And I know a lot of people go, well, at least just go to a thirty caliber, a three hundred wind mag, or a three hundred. You know what I'm saying? Um, nope, I'd shoot a seven mag, and uh, um, you know we shot that one ninety five burger made out of the seven for a while. Long time, yeah, and. Not a long time because we didn't like it. That you know, much. it zipped right through them. It yeah. didn't open. It didn't have any. You know, we like a bullet that opens a little yeah. bit. Some guys don't. They want a bullet that retains everything. Um, well, that bullet retains it, a lot. It, it retained a lot. It would. It, <laughs> it performed much like a nosler. You know, like an acubond. I would say yeah. um, is is how we saw it uh, yep. perform. But I would shoot a what, 180, 168? Uh, um, I might shoot a 168. 168 but I, I shoot 162, and I've killed most everything with a 162. I killed that giant moose with a 168 burger. I killed that moose out there with a 162. Okay, now you're going to build one one perfect. That's what you said, one perfect rifle. What's the perfect rifle? What I, did, the, I didn't say, I, I didn't said we were talking about building it. I don't know if there is the one perfect one caliber. Perfect. I would say if I had to have one rifle and that was the only rifle I could have and I had to shoot it every day, I'd do a six all mountain. Then I'd even kill a moose with it. Oh yeah. Just like it's shooting it with a two forty three. For sure. No problem. You what know about I, you, Brad. Yeah. Well I So I'd say six that's uh, six all mountain. Yeah, I, I have really come to like the uh the sixes. I think <laughs> it's becoming my favorite caliber. Um, six Hall Mountain, six Creedmoor, you know, both. Do um, we ever go on a hunt where the six doesn't make it? No. Out? That's how much we like the six. No, yeah. Even if we take other rifles, it's like, let's just throw the six in there. Yeah. It's, it, you know, it, oh, yeah. No. Uh, the, the 22 Creedmoor is not the perfect rifle, but it's certainly got a place. Boy, it's certainly. Uh, it's a predator rifle. It's a Yeah, but it, or deer rifle. <laughs> I, up to deer. I, I, I no, no problem. 
Mason Mason shot back on deer. It was a little light for that. If if that would have been a little bit bigger uh, yep. caliber, yep for a for a for a, for a misplaced errant shot. Uh, yeah, it's not. It's yeah. Which which was telling because that seventy five grain bullet, uh, the hundred eight, that deer is done. Deer and wouldn't it, have made deer, it out of the draw. Nope, nope. Wouldn't have made it out of the draw. Nope. So you were laughing at something. Bleep, you, you know, it's a little bit like asking a golfer if he could just choose one club one to play club. around with. That's what like, would you choose? I was thinking. I have a brother-in-law six, that did that one time with a, a six nine iron. He, t- <laughs> he he played his entire round of golf with a nine iron, huh. including putting. Oh, everything. I mean, he and, he whacked that thing off the tee. And how he, did he do? Just almost yeah, as good. I mean, it was not great. <laughs> But he was pretty accurate, except for the putting. But I mean, it's, I'm just thinking using the, the the right tool for the task might. Yeah. If you had to yeah. pick one, you're going to compromise if a little in go, one area. Well, or here's another. the other thing. I I would say there's a fair argument for a seven, maybe a seven som, a seven short mag. Yep. A seven Sherman short. There you is. know that's pretty boutique. Um, when you you know, but uh, but I don't think the seven mm is uh, out of uh, um the range for the perfect caliber either. No, for sure not. The only thing that it's it's harder to shoot a shorter barrel in the seven, the yep. seven mag, which you know I love. I love the seven mag. Yeah, I love I, it, love I, it, love it. But you're kind of stuck with a twenty four to twenty six inch barrel where those I was other just ones. Just going to ask you. The other ones, it's easier. Yeah. It's easier to run the twenties. Yeah, uh, well, and that's what makes it the perfect rifle, in my opinion, is that yep. you can shorten the barrel up. It's ha- it handles well, yep. you know. It uh, packs well. It just does so many things well. Yeah. And uh, this, but but you, uh, there again, you're right. I, I uh, that's why for me, if I'm going to go brown bear hunt, you know, if you're doing a dedicated brown bear hunt, is yeah, it nice bring, to have a bring three thirty eight thirty caliber? Yeah, I, yeah. You I, know, you're not going to go wrong with that. No. Um, you're on a limited budget and you can't afford it and you're not going to go buy a $7,000 or $5,000 rifle for your hunt, don't be scared of uh, a 7 millimeter, Right. You know, and don't be scared of a 30-odd 6 if that's what you have. Right. Um, that, that's not going to hurt you either. Uh, Dave Ellenberg that I was with, he shot that, uh, he shot that big 9'4 brown bear with the 30-odd 6. One bullet and that was – it was a done deal. Now yeah. he ran, 30 he ran a little is a bit. Hammer. But uh, – it didn't go anywhere, but but you're right. The six millimeter is just so shootable. But and but here's the thing: I shot a, a brown bear at 400 yards, um, big brown bear, 10 foot brown bear yep. with a seven millimeter. That one right and, there. Yep, and it's uh, it's dead and in the bone cave right now. And uh, um, you know it it killed it. And he wasn't very happy though. No, he was not very happy. <laughs> but you know what? I don't know is if where where did you hit that one? Um, in, in Alaska. I know that. <laughs> right behind the shoulder. Okay. Right. Actually, you know what I was just going to say? Um, there's two, there's two philosophies to that. I shot that with an acubine, a, a bonded bullet, and that's what they want you to shoot. And, yeah. uh, and at that distance, that 700 on that giant, massive animal cooked through it so fast yeah. that the outfitter that was looking, the guide, he thought I missed. And Brad's like, no, you pounded it because Brad saw the bullet hit the impact. Yeah. But what happened was there, the, the animal reacted, but there, you didn't know if it reacted enough from the shot or the bullet. But because of the reaction, the snow behind it just poof. So outfitters and, so and the, guides a lot of times will call the reaction of what happens with the bullet behind the animal as it goes through it. 
Ah. It's happened to us a few times. It happened so to actually quite a bit. So he thought the wow. snow hit and made the bear react to it, and and the bullet cooked through it so it actually fast. Actually, gone right, yeah, completely yeah. right through it. And when we came up on where I shot it at, and then then the second shot was a little over five hundred. Usually, when you shoot a bear, they start spinning. They they bite at right. The, yeah, at the I've wasp seen that. I've or seen the that. Bee yep. or whatever they think yep. bit them, yep. and they start spinning. And this one just took off running. Yeah. He, he reacted like oh. I got hit so because he saw, and then now the, later the video you could see it was a perfect shot, and uh, um, and the water came right off its hide. Then the second shot, Brad called the distance, the range. I shot it. That one busted his back because he was running up a, a little hill. And then you, you see, you can watch this all on video. It's on our YouTube channel. Yeah. Um, it's all on there. Sundown Browns, right? Yeah. Um, Sundown Browns. Yep. And so, anyway, um, but that was a seven mag. That was your seven mag. Right? Seven mag. Uh, you know what? My argument for the seven mag wasn't that the, it was the wrong gun, it was the wrong but it was bullet. the wrong bullet. If that, that bullet would have went in and opened, that bear would have never moved. Yeah, it would have. But hard. you weren't. Uh, shooting that type of ammunition though right nope. i mean the guides were like you don't yeah, do that they wanted a they wanted a real and brad shot one with a 3038 edge two nights before five nights before four and i don't know what yeah, and it was. i shot it with a sierra match king and it right. was it was a one and done hurry but so amazingly poor bullet perform. i was i was fairly disappointed in it he killed it hmm. but it i only took one lung out with a 338 300 grain bullet yeah, you're, you're you're right. You know, I was but like, ooh, that's not the right bullet for me. I killed a big black bear, a seven-foot black bear, uh, two days after. No, the day after I killed my brown bear at 400 yards. Um, we were arguing about who should shoot it because I was feeling like a glutton killing another one. But Brad's like, just go ahead and kill it. So, um, but uh, and but the bullet, you know, it it it's just. So you, I, I'm not afraid of a seven mag. Your perfect gun is a six my perfect gun had to shoot one gun um i would do a six well you know why my argument for a seven is not the perfect gun is because it's too much gun for a can yep so it's either going to be a six or a six five is my perfect gun well you and people the think of the can range. is the answer to everything and the can is not the answer to recoil after a certain level yeah and and there's a tipping point with that too and that's why that six is attractive because the six with any can that we've ran makes sense. It, it takes enough recoil out that it manages. But not with the seven. No, nope. Seven or greater, it just doesn't. You know, we, we've we've canned our sevens before and we're like, let's yeah. go back to a break yeah. um, because we need to follow the follow-up yeah. shot. And you just can't. Can. And then here, now here's the other thing. You get a seven with a 24-inch barrel and then a seven-inch can and you, you're shooting a goose gun for a rifle. <laughs> yeah, it's just, well, and it's, you can't, you can't go through the trees and and if you have the can on it it drops you know if you put it on it's the sling on your shoulder it's always dropping backwards it's just it's just too much mm -hmm. um you know my last i think my seven short that last seven short that i built for myself you know just farting around i put a 20 inch barrel on it and it's just it's too, too much. much for a can even my full-size 30 caliber cans is just too much you, you got too much fuel in the fuel tank um and it just lights that little barrel up and in yeah there, what do you say there's a cause and effect everything yep. has a give and a take you know and uh um some you know for every positive action there's a negative reaction there's an equal and opposite reaction, reaction. Yep. and so um you know when you're shooting and when you shoot as much as we do you come up with this. Now, this is a fairly controversial topic. There's going to be guys that listen to this and go, that's, that's BS. You know, um, I know outfitters that would just be arguing us till they're blue in the face, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, we, we'd get a lot of that. But, um, like, your gun 
you shot him with the acubons. He was super happy with your gun. He thought you needed a bigger, uh, your bullet, wanted a bigger gun. I had a beast of a gun, um, but I'd have been better off with it. I mean, my 300 it was way more impressive on that big brown bear than my 338. Yeah. Just with the right bullet. Um, those two thirty. Yeah, that's burgers. a perfect example. Yeah. So you went from a three thirty eight down to a three hundred, and the three hundred absolutely just lit it up with yep. a different bullet. Look, there was blood of biblical proportion. Oh, it looked like somebody filled up five gallon buckets and just and painted just the ground around. The, I mean, it was. It just, just emptied, it emptied the animal immediately, yeah. and so did that. So did that. Uh, in defense of the Acubon, when we went up to where the, yep. my bear ran in there, it looked like somebody was took a highway a, of blood, a highway of blood on both sides, like wow. somebody just dumped it out of him. Yep. And so, you know, bullet performance. But here's what makes these smaller calibers great right now is the these bullet manufacturers. These guys have put so much. That I was just reading this Brian Litz that you've been to his, uh, um, yeah. his ballistics things, right? Chief ballistician for Burger. Yeah, I was reading a thing. It popped up. It popped up on. I have this uh, this uh, news thing that I have on my phone, and it it must use what I Google oh, yeah. and what I look at, and it tells uh-huh. me. So it had his thing, and I was reading it today, and yeah. had some of his. What charts. did he come up? What's he got going on? It, he, it, it was promoting a school that he's selling. Oh yeah, a class. He must do so a two day class. He's got he's done he, it. I he, think. He owned, yep, Applied Ballistics is his company, yep. I believe. And then he's the chief ballistician for Burger. So yep. he's got a little crossover. Right. So what he has is he has the, the 2022. King um, of Two Mile. Y- yep. His it, team is usually pretty tough to beat in the King of Two Mile. Yeah. And he had a new integrated chart thing that he was going through and all this stuff. And so I was just, I, I, I was just read the first three paragraphs this morning okay. and went, Brad should go to that um so <laughs> i probably have <laughs> that's what i thought yeah so anyway so Emil, you and Valdez Prasic, and he was it. there he was a military sniper i think and he he does a section on reading the wind and it's super good you know it's a lot of really technical mumbo jumbo jargon you know bullet yaw and oscillation and but to know that is to, to know it and to understand it is yeah, to be able it. to act and react to it in the field and i that, went to it in park city yeah, with Tracy and and Sloan. And Sloan. And so the reality is, though, for me, I think the bullet, from my perspective, I should say, the bullet manufacturers who are who has really taken this game to a whole nother level and pushed down the necess, the 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 necess, uh, the uh, um, the necessity. need, the necessity, or the need for a bigger caliber. Yep. They've pushed it down to a more shootable yep. rifle, and uh, um, and created an opportunity for people to get into this game, not beat themselves up, and go kick ass uh, uh, hunting with something that's. Well, they've almost caused an obsolescence in the 300s. I mean, we we just almost have no need for when people say i'm bringing a 300 to the shooting school we're like okay everybody just cringes yeah we're like okay you're gonna shoot that maybe eight times and then you're gonna be done with that and you'll be on the line with one of our rifles and no problem and then a lot of them will go no i'll be good and then about after um 10 minutes in the morning they're like hey uh did you bring another one of those other rifles remember that one class we had three 300 mags yeah in the class and the one kid was in my truck coming home (laughs) and he goes what did you think when we were uh, when we said what we had, because he knew. I mean, at the end of the school, shooting school, he was he knew he was. Uh, and I said, "You're about ready for two days of butt kicking," is what I fi- I figured you guys were <laughs> right. Gonna, you guys were you guys were going to be hurting wow. units. Yeah. That's what I thought, and that's what happens. So I would say, 
Brian uh, or Bleep and Brad, that the the bullet companies have a lot to uh, do with what's happened here. Um, they've the the science guys like Litz, Berger, uh, the leaders in this industry. You know, even even John Burns. You know, um, I, I I appreciate John Burns uh, way back when. 264 win yeah, mag. 264 win mag. 264 win mag. Basically, what a 65 um, back then is. I mean, isn't it, that? It is a six. It is 100 percent six five. It's just, it's just the old. It's just the old standard early Magnum. I mean, and it still does. It's still a great gun, a great cartridge. Right. Hard so, to beat so, that one. And, and so his argument was that you had to have a rifle with shootability. Big rifles will beat you up. This 264 uh, Win Mag will um, uh, outshoot anything. Um, I'd kill anything in North America well, here, with it. I'd he, kill a moose. I'd kill a grizzly bear. Da, 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 da. John's philosophy is exactly the same. I mean, essentially ours mirrors his because he started out with a 7STW. Yep. Which is a souped-up 7 Remington Mag, right? Yep. And – and it was finorky and finicky, and there was just that much more recoil, even above a 7 mag, that he backed down to a 264, and it makes perfect sense. How many elk has that guy killed with 140-grain VLD? Just rips him up, you know? There thousand, it is. thousand yards, uh, there's your gun. And he shoots it unbraked. You know, that was before. Now, he, obviously, he everything he does is suppressed, too. Yeah, of course. But back then, he wouldn't. He was of the no break mindset, even. And so, carried a heavier so there's rifle. three things I would tell you that you need to make sure you have good optics, a caliber that you can shoot and shoot often enough that you're not scared of it. Okay, and um, and the right bullet. Um, so that 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 would be me: caliber, bullet, and optics. Um, you get those three, um, send them to us. We'll help you out. If you have any questions, call us. We'll help you out. I mean, I don't know. Wouldn't you say that those are the, the three biggest components in this glass caliber and, and the right bullet with the, the caliber? Well, when you say glass, you mean uh, a, scope, a, scope, a, scope, a scope that works as needed. Yeah, uh, you can't, it goes you can't up and go down buy a right, Simmons yeah, that, yeah. That's, selling a, that's selling a turret. Yeah. Or, or, well, you when know, you say glass, you don't really care so much about it. It's nice having nice glass, but you need a, something that works and functions as it's it, to. Yeah, yeah. So I need a I, scope. Yes, you when, need yeah. a scope. You need an optical. <laughs> yep. There's a there's a there's a part of this equation that you're never going to get figured out without the right optics. Right. Yep. I think that's a good point too, and a good place to wrap up too, because mm -hmm. no matter what you're shooting or what what the rifle is, you got to get out and practice. 100%. And, and here's the thing. If you got a gun that's beating you up, how are you ever going to practice You're not going to want to. And, and so what makes that the perfect rifle? Because it's a 300 win mag. No, that doesn't. Uh, but you're hey, going to want to use it. Hey, I'm a legit 6'4". Okay? I'm a legit 230. All right? Um, <coughs> what an <laughs> asshole. Um, anyway... Uh, Okay, so I don't. I'm 215. I'm sorry. I'm 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 lean like go. a badger. I can run up the mountain. Okay, no. I, so I'm a legit 230. Okay, so okay, so maybe I'm a legit 240. I don't know what I am today. I you know I might have a couple steaks tonight for dinner. Okay, the 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 the, the reality is this though. If I got a gun that I that after five bullets I'm at the range going this isn't fun to shoot anymore. I don't get any better. No. You don't get any better. You have to shoot that. <laughs> yeah, that's where that's where the six is. I mean, you're going to learn to shoot with six six yeah. millimeters. That's that's a and that's super helpful. Or, you know, your two two threes. You can learn to shoot with a two two three too. Amazing what you can get behind there.
Yeah, 22 mag, 22, just get trigger time in. But if I was going to do one rifle, mine would be a six, probably a six all might or a six creed more. That would be me. And uh, um, I'd put a great, uh, you know, uh, a scope on it. I'd put a V, if I was going budget, I'd do a VX uh, 5, 3 to 15 with a Winplex. Yep. And uh, um, I would get that sucker and I would dial it in and that'd be my rifle and I'd get so damn good with it that uh, if a groundhog wiggle its ear at 400 yards, I'd take it out. Does that make sense? A hundred percent. Well, guys, I really appreciate it. I think this one is a good one. Here's a real quick reminder for everybody. Uh, be sure to subscribe to Book the, or Book the Hunt, um, uh, Hunt the World, wherever you get your podcasts. You'll find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and many other locations. If you'd like, leave us a review. Tell us what you think. Tell us what topics you'd like to hear. We're always open to that. Brad comes up with some good ones. I come up with better ones. Bleep doesn't do shit. Um, but other than that. Except bleep that stuff. <laughs> Except for bleep that. <laughs> He's writing down what time <laughs> yeah. that occurred. <laughs> he, he, yeah, if that's not That'll on there. If, if that's not on there, I'm saying something. So anyway. Hey, listen, we can help you with your next adventure. We'd love to. Go check out our membership. It's not a. It's not an exclusive club. It's an ex- inclusive club and we want to uh we want to help you uh get on that uh hunt of a lifetime that adventure of a lifetime and it doesn't have to be something extreme and out of the box you know um i know guys that have came out here and killed antelope and it's been the greatest trip ever and by the way also um uh let us help you with our hunting expedition layaway plan pay for your next trip a little bit at time uh until it's paid for and until your next hunt we have the resources to do that we have what's called a help program it's hunting expedition layaway um get on uh rollingbones.com go check out our membership for all our members we do that we have lots of people here every day that are willing to help you um, figure out a way to get you on your next adventure or start applying for those uh, um, hunts and those tags of a lifetime. Um, there was something else uh, you'd had real quick. Um, you, you'd said some people in not Walloon Gaba, but somewhere else. No, yeah, Finland. I think a couple of things, Brian. First of all, just thank you to all the listeners that made our 100th episode a big success. We had huge listenership for that one. So we really appreciate you tuning in. Yeah, that, that is cool. A hundred, yeah. you know, yeah. you know I'm, I, a hundred's a milestone. What'd yeah. you say? Less than how many percent of all podcasts start? Get to 15, on? 15%. So what, figure out what the number is for 200. Okay. <laughs> well, I can look it up. I didn't look it up. But, <laughs> so anyway. but we we uh, we have a real steady stream of listeners in in uh, Perth, Australia. To give a shout out to them, Perth. and also to Finland, uh, we've got thirty seven listeners P- up Perth in Finland. Is, <laughs> Perth, Perth, Australia is cool, but Walloon Gaba, man. When you got a name like well, Walloon Gaba, I know. Walloon Gaba is a cool place. <laughs> but Finland's cool because you know that's because I'm from that. Um, you know, I'm tall and thin and strikingly handsome with blue eyes. It's like like fin- fin- Finnish people. Finnish. So, so, so that's why they watch. They're like, yeah. hey, my brother in the hunting world over there. They're not actually watching you on the podcast. So they think, no. yeah, they oh, think, right. yeah. they, they think yeah, you're they short someday and they'll watch. Frumpy. <laughs> I do. You know, another. Well, they, they got one part right. <laughs> another shout out to whoever it is in Gujarat, India, you know, which is a highly industrial town. So I don't know. Maybe they've got people that like to hunt. But we've got. Three listeners in Gujarat, India. That just kind of blows my mind. Every week. Consistent every week. Every week. Well, hey, listen. We appreciate you. Listen, that is super cool. Yeah, it is. In India. In India. My my neighbors in Milwaukee um, uh, were from India. Bindu and Dijo. 
Alexander. That was their last name, and they were from wow. India. And they were um, they were both computer programmers, but you'd never guess that, huh? Mm. Uh, <laughs> yep, yep. So anyway, well, that's pretty cool. What's the name of that place, India? Gujarat. 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 Gujarat in India. Yeah. All right. Well, listen, we love bringing this to you. We appreciate you listening. Go ahead, give us a shout. Go to rollingbones.com. Um, and uh, you need anything, if you also want to pick up the phone and you like the old-fashioned way, 605-644-8000, 605-644-8000. I know for a few days there the phone lines were down. We were told you couldn't get in, and that's because there was some magical number that had overloaded with uh, our technical system, but we got all that fixed. 605-644-8000. Ask for Brad Dana. He's here all day long waiting for you. Hey, until next week, stay safe, be healthy, and happy on it.